From a programmatic perspective, this morning's reading from Paul's second letter to Timothy couldn't be more perfectly timed. You see, during our formation time before this service, the adult formation committee presented what we officially call halfway home, but behind the scenes in the planning processes, we affectionately called it death day. At 1020 in Ellis Hall, we offered the chance to hear from several different experts in topics of end of life planning, financial planning, funeral planning, hospice care, retirement choices. There were lots of opportunities to learn how to get your affairs in order, either well before it's time for you to do so, or to help someone you love who is nearing the end of their time here in this mortal realm. If you missed it, we have some of the materials and resources on file. Just give us a call. We here are always available to help you think through some of these topics and to share the resources abundant in this parish. But imagine my surprise when I opened this week's readings with this halfway home in the back of my head and was presented with this gift from Second Timothy. I have fought the good fight I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul is reaching the end of his life, and he is beginning to reflect to Timothy on his successes and his preparation for the next things. 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and the epistle to Titus are often grouped together by biblical scholars known as the pastoral epistles. They are called this because they are written to the leaders of church communities rather than to the communities themselves, like, say, the church at Corinth or the church at Philippi. These letters discuss Christian doctrine and oversight of communities with advice, instruction, and encouragement to those who find themselves at the head of these nascent communities. The material in the letters to Timothy is tender intimate and dramatic. We are reading in on letters written from one individual to a beloved friend and student. Today's reading finds Paul in a moment of vulnerability, close to death, feeling deserted. We don't talk much about death and dying unless we are in the middle of the dying process or journeying with someone who is. We save our death talks for funeral planning when the reality is dark and can no longer be avoided. Death conversations are not, generally speaking, comfortable ones. Even those of us with a solid and well-thought-out theology of death and resurrection don't really relish the notion of being left behind by beloved members of our families or communities. There is a natural fear and abiding sadness when the subject comes up. Our commonly held language betrays this aversion. It is rare in common parlance to say that someone is dead. It is more polite, less jarring, I suppose, to say she has passed away or left this mortal coil, gone on to her greater reward, gone to rest in the arms of the Savior. 
Don't get me wrong. I think these phrases to, I think that using these phrases to work into our hearts the very difficult reality of bodily death makes a lot of sense on many levels. It makes it easier to wrap our saddened and frightened minds around the powerful transformation that has occurred right in front of us. But note also that you will rarely hear us using these words, these phrases, here. On our written prayer list, our email prayer cycle, our prayers of the people, even the general speech of the clergy, we do our best to take Christian ownership of the concept of death. That is, in part, to help us remember that we believe in a God who has belittled death and made it something that no longer holds power over us, that no longer holds court in this realm and the one beyond. Someone pointed out after the 9 o'clock service that in our creed, we don't say, Christ passed away and went to the naughty place. (laughs) Christ has died and descended into hell, right? And so we prove our own power over death by speaking its name. She has died as Christ died, and she will rise as he did too. But Paul is talking about more than his impending death in this section from 2 Timothy. He's also talking about how he lived his earthly life. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. For Paul, this race was not a 50-yard dash. It was a marathon. We read through his letters that he experienced all the parts of that classic marathon as well. He had moments of euphoria, times of deep despair, and days when all he could do was just put one foot in front of the other. I have no doubt that Paul had times when, like every other marathoner I know, myself included, Paul thought... Why? Why am I doing this to myself? But through this long, long race, he kept the faith. And for that, Paul believes that he will be awarded the crown of righteousness. And then, Paul adds a gentle note to his missive. And not only me, but all who have longed for his appearing. Did you hear that? In his last days, the Apostle Paul, known in some circles as the root of some of the most divisive texts in Scripture, allows that all of us who have at one point or another longed to see the face of Christ will also receive the crown of righteousness. Let me say that again. Paul is offering that we do not all have to be holy marathoners in order to be welcome in the kingdom of heaven. Sprinters, too, are welcome. And Saturday afternoon joggers, treadmill warriors, holy couch potatoes, everyone in between. All of us who have longed to see God. We're welcome. 
This morning, we provided an opportunity to just dip your pinky toe into the waters of some end-of-life planning. We are always available to help you with these difficult conversations. There's not a whole lot we can do to make it a joyous, celebratory occasion, although we did offer really good coffee. But this is your parish's way of acknowledging that these conversations are hard to begin and even harder to sustain. And that often we are too busy or distracted by the race we are running to actually look up and see the finish line. The tools we offer will not make the process of letting go any easier, but they will make more space in the world for us to celebrate life at the end of it, to enjoy the memories, to mourn, instead of getting lost and distracted in paperwork and details and questions. And when the paperwork is complete and the details have been sorted out, we can go back to the work at hand, to the race that is set before us to run and run and run until we reach the end, to live fully until we die to work for the gospel until that day when we are welcomed into the arms of the one we long to see, who will greet us at our entrance. Welcome, good and faithful servant. Amen.